0: Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Harry Magro, and uh, I'm so excited to be here with all of you for part two of uh, my talk on 15 things uh, you should know about uh, autism. And it's really important that we continue to have larger conversations about autism in our community. So we're going to get the PowerPoint started and then we will be good to go. Uh, so. When we talk about these things, 15 things to consider when it comes to autism, there's so many things that are currently going on in our autism community. But I thought about just a few things that we could prioritize during the month of April, which is also Autism Acceptance Month, to help individuals within our communities. Next slide. So, uh, first off, uh, like we shared with people last night, uh, I was diagnosed with autism when I was four. I was not speaking till two and a half, diagnosed with autism at four, and today am a full-time professionally uh, certified public speaker. Uh, I'm an avid note taker whenever I'm doing a presentation. So, uh, tonight, Uh, if you, uh, stay till the end, there will be a little QR code. In addition, we'll be taking question and answers. So feel free to write in the comments, uh, for the, uh, presentation, uh, if, if you have any specific questions, and then, then we'll try to get to as many as we can. Joannie just said, okay, can't hang. Hope you guys are doing well. I hate missing these. <laughs> oh, it's okay, Joannie. Uh, just uh, make sure that uh, you join when it's it, it comes out via the recording uh, so uh, you get the PowerPoint slide notes. Next slide. Uh, So during my journey, uh, I was telling people last night, just as an overview, that uh, once I started talking, you couldn't give me a stop talking. Uh, I've been professionally speaking for the past 12 years, and I've written four books based on my autism journey, which are all available to check out on Amazon. Defining Autism from the Heart focuses on self-advocacy for those on the autism spectrum. Autism and Falling in Love focuses on relationships for those who are on the autism spectrum. I Will Light Up Blue is a children's book focused on twins who are on the autism spectrum. And then also Autistics on Autism is my most recent book, which came out a year ago, uh, which focuses on 100 stories of individuals who... pursued uh, post-secondary education and what helped them growing up on the autism spectrum. Uh, Along the way, we worked, have had the opportunity to work on seven films and TV shows to help bring a realistic portrayal of autism to our entertainment industry, including Joyful Noise, Jane Wants a Boyfriend, Mrs. Fletcher, and the Emmy award-winning Netflix series Love on the Spectrum U.S. Season 1 in a consultant role. Next slide. Uh, Along the way, we're just so thrilled that uh, season two of uh, Love on the Spectrum uh, got renewed and uh, Love on the Spectrum focuses on young individuals going about finding relationships and love. Next slide. Uh, Along the way, we've also had the opportunity to contribute to a wide range of books, Uh, College for for, uh, Students with Disabilities, We Do Belong, focuses on 17 individuals with disabilities trying to Succeed in a post secondary education. Life After Lockdown looks at how we can navigate life after a lockdown in our autism community. As Sing Child Grows Up focuses on sensory processing uh, challenges. And then Love What Matters just has some incredible stories of people uh, not only with autism but a wide range of differences. Next slide. Uh, one of my passion projects is I'm a full time public speaker. I speak about 100 times a year. And during April, we have 36 talks, uh, mostly with schools. Uh, businesses in addition to government organizations to continue to focus on diversity, equity, inclusion. And if you know of any businesses that are potentially looking for a lunch and learn speaker to understand a little bit more about our autism community, definitely let us know after tonight's presentation. But uh, one of the things that I do in my spare time where I don't take a salary for this is I started a nonprofit organization that provides peer mentoring Uh, scholarships for autistic students to go to college, and small business grants for small businesses that hire people with disabilities. And ironically enough, our book uh, featured 100 of our previous scholarship applicants and their stories. Next slide. Uh, along, Along the way, we've also done first responder trainings to help first responders understand how to interact with the autism community we see that wandering is still a huge issue in our community with uh, for, uh, around 49% of autistic children uh, wandering from a safe environment and go missing as a result. Next slide. Uh, my roles today, I wear many hats in the autism community, but some of the ones that I'm most proud of uh, are on this list right here. Uh, I won't go into too much detail, but uh, I received my uh, speaking accreditation uh, Uh, from the National Speakers Association when I was pursuing my master's in strategic communications from CN Hall University. I'm now based in Hoboken, New Jersey, and received my doctorate in education, so hopefully one day I can become an educator at the college level to teach about our very special community. Next slide. And while we while we wait to get to the next slide, I'll also say that we've had the opportunity to work on the first season of The Good Doctor, uh, focused on Dr. Sean Murphy, a surgeon who's on the autism spectrum, and then also a typical, uh, which is focused on Sam Garner, a 18-year-old with autism, uh, trying to find love uh, while also going about uh, a post-secondary program. So uh, when we get to the next slide, one, one of the things we'll, we'll probably discuss is the uh, number eight on the 15 things that you should consider when it comes to autism. So we'll have that uh, going up in just a second. And you have to love tech. We, we, we live in a very tech-savvy world, but I don't know how many of you during the COVID-19 pandemic between Zoom and all these different techs, Google Hangouts, WebEx, all these challenges are associated at one point or another. So we will get that uh, PowerPoint uh, going uh, momentarily. But as we're talking, I mean, some of the things that would have really helped when I was growing up is really having a, oh, there we go, uh, Autism Acceptance Month. Because really, even though Autism Awareness Month started in 1970 via the Autism Society of America, I never grew up with an Autism Awareness Month in my in my schools, and I think that would have helped a lot in terms of the whole topic of inclusion. Uh, one message we shared with people last night is that it's really important that we normalize that disability has no look as well, because there's some individuals like myself who have an invisible disability. But just because we have an invisible disability doesn't mean that we don't necessarily go through everyday challenges. That some individuals just simply don't say. Next slide. So uh, with this, uh, one of the areas that I hope we can talk about is we talk often about self-advocates, but one area that I would love to see more is siblings becoming advocates in our community. So one uh, individual we got to highlight was a young autistic boy named JJ. And this is his story uh, shared with the help of his two sisters. I Thank hope you me. enjoy. Have two sisters, Rachel?
1: Both sisters.
0: Both sisters. JJ, what do you like to do for fun? Oh. I love all oh,
1: chicken on Ubers. Oh. for shows. His personality is amazing, he's just, he's so funny, he doesn't even know it, like he doesn't know how funny he is, which makes it better. Um, I love how JJ makes these movies, and he uses the stuffed animals, and he shows us to all of us, and I think it's really
0: cool. What is one of your favorite things about your sister? Huh? What
1: do you like about me? JJ, did
2: you out with Katie? Yeah, okay, yeah. What do you like about me? Yeah,
1: me. Hey. Yeah. What do you like? So push sure. Okay. <laughs> 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 I don't like how people treat um, autistic kids different because they're exactly like us. They have feelings too, and they act like autistic kids don't have feelings.
0: How does it make you feel?
1: I, it makes me really upset how people do that.
0: Yeah. For siblings who might be watching this at home, what would you like them to know if they may have a brother or sister who's on the autism spectrum?
1: Um, celebrate accomplishments. Encourage them to do the best that they can. We have a good, have a good family. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's supportive. It's just, just circle love.
3: Circle <laughs> love,
0: love, love. Hey everyone, this is Carrie from a special community. If you like. One of the reasons why I I love their story is because siblings play such a huge role and I believe that we should tell all self-advocates about their diagnosis as early as five years old when they're starting school. Even if they're not developmentally there to necessarily have those conversations yet, it can really, really help Uh, because I didn't find out about my autism diagnosis until I was 11 and... It was so life changing for years, knowing I was special, but not knowing what that meant. And for siblings, they could be potentially become advocates by also re- understanding a little bit more about their sibling's journeys as well. Uh, along the way, I think uh, during the month of April, uh, the opportunity to provide more sensory friendly events can be a benefit, especially as we see one of the biggest struggles within the autism community in addition to social and communication challenges is sensory processing issues. So we met this incredible pastor who is doing a very cool initiative that we wanted to give him a platform to share a little bit more about. There are going to be people who watch this who have never met you How would you like to introduce yourself to those people? My name is Father
4: Matthew Schneider and I am a priest who was diagnosed with autism back in 2016 and I really want to help uh, people with autism who to, to enter into the church to be accepted. When were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed in 2016. I had already been ordained a priest. One of my first assignments was chaplain at a school and I kind of couldn't pick up on the emotions well of all the kids, and it wasn't really wasn't a good situation. It really wasn't the right situation, but it also, fortunately, I think in a blessing, what in a way of a blessing, led to that diagnosis because you know about a, some they were after after I stopped about a year later they suggested, and then about a year later I was diagnosed. Her responsibility is writing a doctoral thesis in moral theology. Awesome. How has that gone so far? Well, I just started like the first of July. So, well, I think. At least in our Catholic churches, we often have what traditionally built as cry rooms when the babies cried at the back of the churches. And some Protestant churches have the same things. And what a number of parishes have done, which I think is really helpful for those who are having meltdowns of over-century issues, is that they'll basically use it as like a reverse cry room, where those who need a low-century environment, they'll be in the back with a glass window between them and the main part, the lights are down there, the volume on the speakers down there, so, the, so the, the sensory experience doesn't overwhelm and I think that's a great opportunity. I've seen, I know of at least three or four parishes in New York, Georgia, Maryland to do that.
0: What is something uh, you should not say to someone with autism?
4: I would say that one of the things that, that so often can offend us is, is just kind of say like, to uh, statements that assume that we yeah. also have comorbid intellectual disabilities. I think that a lot of times people assume that, and it is common among autistic comorbid intellectual disabilities. But a large portion of us don't. Whenever I make a new friend,
0: I ask uh,
4: them, "What are some of your hobbies?" Probably my biggest one, beyond uh, you know, writing theology and uh, which is my doctorate and uh, online stuff, is I cycle a lot. I probably cycle about seventy-five miles a week, nice. um, and I do that, you know, and uh, so I do that quite a bit. But then yeah, those, that's probably the biggest hobby I have. Awesome. What's something you wish people knew about autism? I think a lot of times what people need to know is the specific ways autistics think a little bit so that you know how to relate in the sense that we tend to be very literal thinkers. And so we can get sarcasm like somebody else was saying, but sometimes we're too gullible and somebody's, you know, sometimes a lot of times what bothers me is when people I know will try and lead me along the garden path for <coughs> Five minutes and and then and then I realized, oh, they're just joking, and that that is a really frustrating thing as an autistic, yeah:
3: <laughs>
0: So I absolutely love his story, and I had to take a moment to kind of think about just his overall journey uh, because. It's so interesting because we we have a passer who, his name is Lamar Hardwick, and uh, he's also known as the Autistic Passer. Uh, So ironically enough, there are several individuals who uh, have gone about that as a potential career, which is really, really interesting. Carl, thanks so much for saying. I'm very glad to see a priest on this program. Next slide. Uh, And then uh, one of the other areas that I hope we can have larger conversations about is that one in five students are currently a victim of bullying today, and one of the leading epidemics I currently see in our schools is bullying, and one in ten students drop out of school in our public school sector because of reoccurring bullying. So when we talk about the topic that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, words do have power, and they can have lasting challenges in some individuals. So we met this individual named Kristen who unfortunately was bullied and uh, wanted a platform to share a little bit about that. So I hope you enjoy your video. So what would you like for people at home to know about you?
3: Um, That uh, um, I've been through a lot. And uh, if you just give me a chance, you know, um, I'm very... Um, bright, talented, um, pretty cool person. I'm a, a painter. I'm a, a writer, and uh, I've written a couple books. Um, and I like to do uh, some acting. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm multi, very multi-talented. I also like to make music. Actually, I could say my greatest accomplishment was um, pushing through. Um, I have. I have a because of the bullying. I have a lot of um, depression. That um, I've actually um, can I say um, uh, I've Go tried ahead. to commit suicide um, many times. And uh, something <clears throat> something in my mind. Uh, I don't know. Uh, just tells me that uh, it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to. I'm going to be something one day, you know, and, uh... You are
0: going to be something one day. You're uh, something right now.
5: <laughs> I don't feel that way.
0: But but you do amazing art. You, you know, you've you've kind of, like, flourished. I mean, you're... You got the punk rock thing, too, <laughs> coming on, too. I mean, you, you do have things going on in, in your life, and I, I was a victim of bullying, too. I just... Um, I'm so sorry that you had to go
3: through that. It's quite often, you know. I, I, I've tried to rack my brains around it, and it's just I think uh, one of the biggest things is that I'm just alone all the time. You know, I don't have a group of friends, and uh, I get um, I get attacked in public by people, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm a very easy target, and uh, this has happened my whole life, and it happens so often. I'm almost afraid to leave my house, you know.
0: Um, I, I just want you to know, it's like there are people out there in our community who want to be your friend. From from people such as myself, who are um, friends with countless self-advocates, and just friends with people, there are people out there in our community who want to be your friend. And I hope you never forget that. I know it, I know it sucks. Bullying sucks. Bullying's terrible. And no one should ever bully anyone, but... You know
3: well one of the one of the problems I have is uh, trust you know I, I it used to be um, I didn't understand jealousy until my uh, early twenties I didn't have that comprehension of understanding that emotion um, at all um, like I said it was very black and white you're either smiling and you're happy and or you're um, you know you're you're frowning and you're mad at me and uh, you know, I, I didn't understand it. sometimes people can be um, conniving and be smiling at you, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Um They have malicious intentions, but they'll be smiling at you, and I've got um, taken advantage of and massively abused because I didn't understand it, and I kind of almost uh, fear the world now because of it, and uh, it's, taken, it's taken a toll on me.
0: Is there any, like, final thought that you would like to leave uh, for people at home about your story?
3: Um... Really take the time out of your lives to uh, appreciate what you have every day, Um, find some inner peace in your mind to truly love and accept yourself in a world that has a lack of love and acceptance and um, try to find, I I know it can be hard, you know, uh, in a world that uh, it, it wants to segregate everybody, yeah. but, uh, you know, and it's, it's hard to find the right group of people, but I definitely say hanging around, uh, loving positive individuals, um, is a, would be a, a good thing. And, and acceptance you know. is key. Yeah. Acceptance is key. That's actually one of my philosophies. Nice. So, yeah. Well,
0: awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, because it's really, really important as we continue to have conversations around this topic of bullying, is that we hear from individuals' first-person perspectives of their specific challenges. So I absolutely adore her for being so brave to share that story. And one of the things about her story is that the second leading cause of death between individuals between the age of 10 to 34 is suicide. And sometimes I don't hear a lot about this topic because a lot of people think it's taboo and they think it's a sensitive topic. And even with the sensitivity, this is happening in our communities. And by speaking up about it, I hope that we can make positive change. One of the things that was really amazing was before COVID, we were speaking at a high school And one of the kids came up to me afterwards and said that they would never bully anyone again after seeing Kristen's video, knowing the lasting challenges that it had. And if I never get another speaking engagement for the rest of my life, to have that moment, to hear that just sitting down with Kristen for a few minutes to share her story could have helped a potential new kid not be bullied anymore, uh, it, 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 it would make my entire career. So next slide, please. Uh, so we also need to have larger conversations with families uh, who might be on the autism spectrum because one of the areas of concern is that genetics, uh, while while we know that in the CDC is one in 36, we're realizing that awareness and services are two of the biggest factors of the increase in prevalence, but genetics also play a part. And uh, one of the stories that reminds me of this is with a young self-advocate named Bridget. She's pretty well-known within the autism world. And this is a little bit about her story. When did you first realize that you wanted to spit fire?
6: Um, When someone said, said, do you want to learn how to breathe fire? And I said, that's an option? Yes. Um, And I learned and I didn't breathe fire for the first year that I learned how to do it. I just didn't want to. And then uh, after about a year, I decided to throw myself into it, and now I'm really known for breathing fire, both metaphorically and advocacy work. And quite literally, I make things go poof. I was officially diagnosed around the time that I got the traumatic brain injury. Um, It was 16. Uh, My brother had been diagnosed beforehand. There was a very public news case about it, too. That's how I ended up first being involved with the Autism Society of America. Um, But my first provider said that he had never met a woman on the spectrum, and I didn't look like the textbook case, so I was PDD, NOS.
0: Was there ever, like, any, like, early signs that your
6: parents were like, hmm, maybe? Um, well, my entire family is autistic, so uh, growing up, all the other parents were like, well, Bridget, she lines up all her toys in order. Like, why doesn't Claire do that? It's so nice and organized. Um, I had stuffed animals um, that had their own personality and I would take, we had a hide shoe boxes for me because I would build them little houses and like my entire room, you couldn't walk in. Um, yeah, no, all of the like major check marks and stuff were there. I didn't have peers my own age. They were my mom's friends because like eight-year-olds who, can talk about Monet and like really advanced concepts are kind of at that creepy level of horror movie kid where you're like, I wanna keep my eye on them, Um, yeah.
0: What is a uh, misconception you see out there in the autism community that you would like to see developed?
6: Um, I think one of the biggest miscommunications that I see are individuals who are deemed quote, quote, higher functioning, that they require less services. And what that really means is if you are spending the extra energy to communicate, or as women on the spectrum, it's called camouflaging. So we blend into our surroundings, but that's not who we are. It's putting on the mask. And I've even, I have parents who are like, well, you're not like my child. And I'm like, in this environment, I put on a disguise. I learned my social skills from a British TV show called Absolutely Fabulous and watching The Muppets. Um, so like, this is acting, but at home, I can go days without talking to people, brushing my hair, like the stuff that other people deem part of their normal experience. When I'm behind closed doors and with the people that I really trust, there's no question that I'm on the autism spectrum. I think one of the greatest things about me, um, is the resilience. I've been knocked down so many times. My life is like a lifetime movie, except like I don't even think it would be on that channel because it's that level, but I just, instead of having the fire harden me, I prefer to embrace life with a sense of humor and kindness, and I will always answer the same 5 million questions that parents and other professionals ask because it's important, and not everyone knows the same things that we do, and it's, I will take on that role to educate people and to be the big sister for others in the community.
3: Awesome. Following her at some point because hey, she has so Sharon many
0: amazing, incredible video video things about her like that video, uh, definitely deserve to be heard to a little bit more. Next slide, please. You can also subscribe. <laughs> uh, and then one other area that we see a lot in our autism community is the importance of highlighting non-speaking autism. I was speaking at a college today and for their autism acceptance month event. And we talked about the fact that those who might not be able to speak are still listening. And those who are non speaking doesn't mean that they're not necessarily uh, unintelligent. So one individual who's a great example of this and the whole idea of this it's really what i want parents to understand is that i get so many questions of parents who are asking me will my child ever talk but i want to change the narrative and i want to talk about how can we get that child to communicate so justice is a great example of uh somebody who does not speak but communicates in other ways that i wanted to highlight with all of you tonight just as you're a good-looking dude, I don't know. <laughs> just saying, just saying. Just saying. Uh, what if you don't mind me asking? What is that device that you have? Mm.
2: Toby
4: Churchill. <laughs> Not Churchill Toby. No. Uh-huh.
2: No. Toby Light.
4: Uh-huh.
2: Light
0: Toby Light Good job. Toby Light Rider. That's so cool. Do you like your Toby <laughs> Light <Rider>? <laughs> <laughs> What's like the best thing about your Toby life? Love.
2: <laughs> you love it. Nice.
0: Man. What would you like for people to know about having autism?
4: You need help.
0: If there was one word you had to say to describe justice, what do you think that would be?
2: Mm, I'd say sweetheart. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're always so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <I like that. laughs> Most of the time, you're sweet.
0: Uh, justice, what do you like to do for fun? Mm. Mm -hmm. TV Oh, Nice, what's your
5: favorite show? Paw
4: Patrol
2: I feel like a lot of people when they see children or individuals who are nonverbal they assume they have a low IQ and so that's not always the the situation you know our kids are really smart and they have a lot to say just because they're nonverbal we just have to find a way for them to say that
0: What is, like, a a main goal you have for Justice in the future? Obviously, he's learning uh, tap-to-talk.
2: Question. (laughs) Well, right now, we are working on him asking questions for clarification. So, um... You. uh, And we're working on some spelling words. But, yeah, my main goal is just for Justice to be able to... My main goal is just for Justice to be able to communicate everything he wants to say. You know, I want him to be able to... Um, ask any question he can think of, and I want him to, yep, I want him to be able to describe, and I want you to be able to create really long sentences that you want to create, and I want you to do everything you can. Huh. Sounds okay. good. But yeah, our, right now, our short-term goals are asking questions right now, so he can get some clarification and understand a little more.
0: So what is something that you would like to do in the future? Mm-hmm. Minus being a ladies' man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to find a job one day?
7: Yeah.
0: Yeah? Job. Where do
2: you, where do you want to work? Hmm? You know. I thought
0: you'd say coffee plate. Hmm. Do you like coffee?
7: Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> what type of coffee? Mm-hmm. Hot chocolate. Oh, see, there, there we go. We get way past the coffee and just go to the hot chocolate. Ladies and gentlemen. So I absolutely love uh, Justice as well. Uh, and, and one of the things you should know, especially in our community, is that 40% of all autistic children are either non-speaking or non-verbal. So when we talk about ways of helping them communicate, we have to look at things like picture exchange communication systems. We need to look at Toby light writers like Justice was mentioning. We need to look at devices like uh, iPads that have a text-to-speech device. Uh, And there are other means, so we definitely need to weigh those options, especially if somebody potentially has the ability to focus uh, a lot of their time on technology and sees that as a key interest, it could be a potential avenue. Next slide. And uh, we need to teach the way they learn. Uh, Autism is a lifelong diagnosis, and regardless if somebody's in school or not, the importance of meeting every single individual where they are cannot be overstated. So this is a great uh, example of that that I wanted to share with all of you. Because I remember when I was growing up on the autism spectrum, I dealt with multiple symptoms too. I was nonverbal until I was three. Uh, actually, like, like you, you said you didn't say any words until you were three, right? Yeah. I, no, I didn't
1: say any words until I was like, no, like three and a half.
0: For. Hmm. And yeah. then I was
1: saying like baby words and pointing
0: a lot. Yeah, I was pointing a lot at that age. Uh, and then I, I, I didn't say, start speaking complete sentences until I was like seven years old too, which was mm. really, really late. What would you like people at home to know about autism?
1: There are various different types of autism. And there are, I think mine is Asperger's. Um, there are other types which maybe might not allow you to talk or sometimes may communicate but very oddly or maybe just n- not talk at all, not be able to have the communication skills. Well,
0: what was one misconception you see out there in the autism community that you would like to see debunked? Uh,
1: I guess a lot of misconceptions. My biggest one is the behavior. Don't turn around and judge someone before you understand what's actually going on. For the teachers, if there's any, if for the teachers, if any other kids are new to the school and they come in like seventh or eighth grade, or maybe even late sixth grade, um, uh, and if they have autism, allow them to be free. Let let them tell you what they need and. Yeah.
0: Is there anything else that you would like for us to know about you or Eric's story?
1: Patience. Lots and lots of patience. Well, and definitely schedules. Because uh, if you change a schedule, it can send them off onto a different direction. Or he gets very upset over something that's going on. Therapists. If any of you therapists go to them their house, let them go for a walk around a few blocks.
0: I like it. I like it. Thanks, man. You're you're excellent. <laughs> hey everyone. This is Carrie from a special community. Yes, if you and like please this video, do not check follow out me. channel for you. More you videos. never have to follow me after seeing this uh that little uh, message at the end. Uh so in addition to that, uh I, I, I love his story for so many reasons, but what one of the interesting things about his story is that we got the opportunity to also highlight JJ. Uh, when we uh, went to the school to give assembly to not only uh, K through eight students, but also nine through 12. So that was really great. Uh, In the next slide, Uh, I also want us as a society to avoid judging around what's age appropriate. For example, I'm 35 years old, I still watch Space Jam. And a lot of people say to me, it's like, Carrie, isn't that a little young for you? And if, if something makes an individual happy in our society, I think we should go with it, uh, especially if it's not hurting them or anybody else. And uh, I, I met this great young man who loves Disney. His name is Connor. And this is a little bit about his story.
5: Connor, how old are you? I'm
0: 27. Nice. And when were you diagnosed? Um, at the age of two. Connor, when I make a new friend, one of the things I like to first ask them is, what do you like to do for fun? So, can I ask you what you
5: like to do for fun? Uh, oh, sure. I, I like to have fun by, by exercising and doing photography and ice skating. Nice. When did you start liking Disney? Nay. Mm-hmm. Since I was little, awesome. Ever since, well, who, who's your favorite Disney character? Mickey Mouse. And is that
0: and is that Mickey? Actually, that's Mickey on there. <laughs> that was Minnie for a second, but it's actually Mickey. Is that one of your favorite hats to wear?
5: Yes,
1: when he was little and in school, and they were saying that all uh, things that he would never do, which somebody parents can relate to, you know the never pass a fifth grade level, never speak. And he didn't speak until he was seven. And, um, and then he just keeps accomplishing things and he's so proud of who he is that he's like a shining,
0: a
2: shining light to everyone. And I couldn't be more proud.
5: My hopes and goals for the future are pa- passing, passing my law in other states.
2: Mm-hmm. What else?
5: And there's, and uh, a, and being an advocate between Disney and the autistic world.
0: I get this a lot because I have autism. What is it like to live with your diagnosis?
5: I think living with uh, autism for me makes me a special person and you and unique person. Yeah, Connor, what is one?
0: misconception you see out there in the autism community that you would like to see debunked? For mm-hmm. example, one thing that I get a lot as somebody on the autism spectrum is, you have autism, you don't look like you have autism. People feel like autism is looked at in certain ways. What is one
5: misconception you wish people would stop? My one, my misconception for people to stop is uh, people, people telling you you're different. Yeah, it's true. Different, not less, right? Right.
0: Is there anything else you would like for people at home to know about you?
5: Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I just wanted to say that that parents need to love their children no matter what, but, and even because of a diagnosis, because if they don't. It would be bad for you. Please support and love your child. Awesome.
0: And does your mom love and support you?
5: Yes, she does.
0: Awesome. So does my mom. Hi, mom. (laughs) Hey, everyone. This is Carrie from a special. I love Connor's story. Connor is phenomenal, and Connor has a lot of just happiness in his life. And I think that's something that resudes whenever you hear him speak. And I hope that did for anyone who has joined us tonight. And if somebody likes something, regardless if it's age appropriate or not, I think we should continue to encourage that individual to enjoy simply what they want to enjoy. So avoiding those quote-unquote age-appropriate uh, protocols. And finally, we can do things other than STEM jobs. When we look at autism as a whole, I I want you to know that some individuals on the autism spectrum are going to think outside of the box. They're not going to fit the mold of this STEM related jobs. Like uh, for example, a lot of individuals think because STEM jobs being one-on-one, that that's the only thing that autistic people can do. And there are some individuals like this young man named Chase who's doing something actually quite different from the STEM related fields. We're talking about the science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and uh, he's doing pretty well for himself if you ask me. So here's a little bit about Chase. What would you like the world to know about you?
7: Well, I'd like them to know that I am autistic and that I have lots of uh, ideas about creating my own book series called The Letter Critters," and they teach the alphabet to young readers. And they're these uh, cute little animal characters.
0: That is awesome. So how did you come up with the idea for this? And when did your first book come out? How many books have you written so far? Tell me about that.
7: Okay, well, uh, I was just drawing some things that came to mind when I was watching some certain shows and they just came to my head and I was just uh, trying to see if I could draw, like, every single uh, letter of the alphabet based on what I uh, watched and my mom saw my drawings and she gave me the idea to make it into a book and I took her suggestion and I released my first book on May 2017. And right now, I have three books. The other two are the Letter Creator Biographies and the Letter Creators Talent Show. Something that you wish people
0: would not say about people who are on the autism spectrum.
7: Okay, I would, I would like them to not say that those people are weird. Especially in the future, what are some goals for yourself?
0: uh, Minus the the books and the uh the letter critters, would you like to live independently what, what are some things that you hope to to do in the future for yourself and now as you're a rising adult
7: <laughs> okay let's see. well i guess i would like try to like cook some more if i have more free time and uh try to like make myself uh, exercise and also, uh, hopefully, get some of uh, my favorite voice actors to voice my characters for a future cartoon about my electric critters.
0: <laughs> what is one misconception you currently see out there in the disability community that you wish was debunked?
7: Uh, that disabil- disabled people can't uh, do anything on their own? Is, is that something that exists? Or is that. There is something the matter with them.
0: say was one of your biggest challenges growing up on the spectrum, and up to this point in your life, what would you consider one of your greatest successes?
7: Um, okay. I would say the toughest part was uh, trying to like uh, be social around other people. I'm usually quiet and introverted, but I do have some friends that are online that I uh, communicate with. And, and I'd say my best accomplishment was having to be an author. So, again, Chase, I I really hope he does some incredible
0: things in this world. Uh, but w- one of the things that I, I hope that you take away from Chase's video is the importance of highlighting the fact that some individuals can be capable of things that are not considered, quote-unquote, Uh, within the specific stigma of autism-related jobs. Next slide. So finally, uh, these were just 10 things that helped me during my journey, just as a uh, conclusion and recap of some of the things I mentioned yesterday and things that I hope will help you, regardless if you're an educator, a therapist, a parent, or somebody who just wants to learn more about your autism community. First thing is that we need to do a better job of providing transitional services for those who are on the autism spectrum. And One way that we could do that is by making sure that all IEPs Uh, are, for individuals who are going into high school, who are 14, some say 16, are receiving some form of transitional services. The other thing is role-playing. We need to do, uh, this is an area that I think helps a lot, especially when we talk about structure, because so many autistic people rely on structure. Uh, Serving leadership, thinking with the end in mind, uh, especially for those who have mind blindness, being able to think and being able to look at the hardships that some people face can be really helpful for them to understand the world a little bit better. Learning from other self advocates and peer mentoring go hand in hand. Uh, I think that the opportunity for individuals to have a strong peer mentor not only helps build on social skills, but it's been shown to prevent things like bowling. Uh, I always say don't recreate the wheel when it comes to therapies, but I have seen some benefits in our community with cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, just because of the aspect of turning negative thoughts and trying to go to positive behaviors. Again, the spectrum is wide. It's not going to work for everybody, but it's something that you may want to consider. Self-reflection, thinking with the end in mind, but also helping individuals who want to become self-advocates build on self-awareness for themselves can be really helpful via things like journal therapy. Uh, Physical activity, uh, 30 minutes of Uh, walking, just walking a day, can have really great benefits on short-term and long-term retention, in addition to releasing positive endorphins. Uh, Finding support networks, the Autism Society of America at autismsociety.org, have 60 affiliate chapters throughout the United States. So if you're looking to build on your village, I would definitely recommend them. And then finally, writing a blog. Because regardless of where you are in our community right now, whether you're a parent with a newly diagnosed child or you've been in this community for decades now, it's all upon us to use this movement that we have in the digital world to make effective change for one of the largest minorities in the United States today. Next slide. So, again, I never assumed this would be my life, but now I like to say autism can't define me, and I define autism. And I can only hope that all of you who are joining us can go out there and define your lives and your journeys in the way that you best see it every single day. And if you need any help getting started, next slide. These are the ways that you can stay in contact with me after tonight's presentation. Again, my name is Dr. Carrie Magra. I thank you all so much for being a wonderful audience. And as I mentioned at the beginning, I would love uh, to answer any questions at the end that I can. So feel free to write them in the comment box, and we'll try to get to as many as we can. Uh, for housekeeping notes, these are the ways that you can stay in contact with me after tonight's presentation. In addition to that. You could scan the QR code if you would like the PowerPoint slide notes from tonight's presentation. Thank you all again so much for having me.